Welcome, 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 gentlemen, it is I, yes, they still haven't fixed that favorite thing, still haven't fixed it, it still just, it just goes, cuts out, it's just bad, it's bad, they gotta fix it, still haven't fixed it, it's just horrible, anyway, <sighs> all right, so, I told you so. I don't want to say I told you so. Remember, two weeks ago, when everybody was dissecting the bill, bitching and whining about what was in the bill, and people were doing segments after segments after segments about the bill. And I said, listen, 10,000 things going on right now. All right, maybe not that many, but there was a lot of other things going on. And I said, listen, we can't spend two hours dissecting something that at the end of the day is probably not going to pass. And, matter of fact, it will be the nail in the Orion Speaker of the House experiment. And sure as hell, today, it was the death nail in the of the House, Paul Ryan's two-year on that ticket. Normally, it's over for you. And what I mean by that is you, you don't go from being uh, the uh, vice president nominee. You, you don't go from a position of a heartbeat away from being president of the United States to then the Speaker of the House. And obviously, Paul Ryan would have been a the House doesn't mean anything when you're in power. And what I mean by that is you control the House. But the opposition controls the White House. What you do is not going to and goes to the Senate and by chance that bill makes it to the president's desk it gets vetoed. So being the Speaker of the House Having that power, when the opposition controls the White House, is is meaningless. It's nothing. It's really a. Uh, it's really like a show title. You know, it's kind of like Junior Soprano being the boss of the Sopranos, but really Tony was the boss. It was like a show, you know, for the feds and everybody else. It's the same thing. Paul Ryan, Speaker of the House. Yeah, big deal. He, he can't do anything. Because whatever bill he tries to get through, it's never going to make it through to Obama or past Obama. So the minute... Paul Ryan 
has the reins. The minute he now is in control, what happens? He fails miserably. Now, you can listen to all the media pundits, but at the end of the day, this is Paul Ryan's fault. It's not Trump's fault. Yeah, go to CNN. Listen to Gloria Borch or Borger. What an embarrassment. The president points fingers. The president seeks a scapegoat. It's not about pointing fingers. It's not about a scapegoat. And it's not about an embarrassment. Paul Ryan, along with what, 230 some odd other Republicans, have had close to eight years to come up with a replacement or at least a repeal. Had close to eight years to say, hey, should the good graces of Jesus Christ or maybe just baby Jesus give us control of the White House again. This is the health care bill that we should pass. They've had eight years. Years. I mean, Jesus H. I think everybody in this country has been in a position where we've said, you know, if I'm ever in charge, if I ever make the team, if I'm ever first string. So you got to imagine for eight years, the majority of these Republicans have said, if we ever get a chance. Now I get it. 95% of them didn't think Trump was going to win. They figured Hillary's going to win and they'll have four more years of going, we got to repeal Obamacare. We got to repeal Obamacare. And they could go 12 years without getting together And going, if we ever got in power, this is what we got to do. This is what we got to do. And then Trump wins. And even when Trump wins, they still, they still had close to two months to get the replacement or the replacement legislation ready remember when Obama won remember back in 08 when he won the Democrats had the stimulus bill already ready when Obama won the day he won Harry Reid Pelosi they were already drafting 
stimulus bill uh, uh, proposals or uh, legislation. They already had that stuff ready. They were already banging that stuff around. They were already saying, okay, on day one, this is what we're doing. So for two months, Paul Ryan had more than enough time to go, okay, here's my idea. Here's my idea. I'm, I'm finally Speaker of the House, and it matters. Not these last two years, which were meaningless, because Obama was the president, so I couldn't do anything. I couldn't pass legislation. I, I, I had no say. I just got to have the gavel and go click, 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 and 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 stand behind Obama, sit behind Obama when uh, he he addressed Congress. So you would think the day or the night at three o'clock in the morning, when begrudgingly, with with tears in their eyes, sadness in their hearts, Wolf Blitzer, Hack Tapper. Chris Matthews, Rachel Maddow, had to go. We are ready to call it. Donald Trump will be the next president. You would think a minute after that, Paul Ryan would have been, oh, my God. Oh, my God. But no. No. They knew that day, hmm, we have the House, we have the Senate, and we have the White House. Okay. All right. Well, we have to repeal and replace Obamacare. Hell, you don't even have to replace. You could just repeal. They would have been better off just repealing it. Repeal and replace. Go with replace. Let's just throw that in there. Two months, Paul Ryan had every opportunity to meet with different factions. Hey, we got to repeal and replace. What's your ideas? Well, Paul, we got to get rid of these these 10 mandates. Hmm, okay. Okay, got that. All right. Hey, you guys over here, we got to repeal my place. All right, Paul. Well, you know, the, the tax credits and the, the – where we have pro- – okay, okay. I got that. I got that. All right, all right. Faction over here. Uh, well, Paul, you know, uh, the children could stay on their uh, parents' uh, – uh, you know, policies until their 20s. Okay, okay, got that. All right, All right over here. Well, Paul, we want to give more pro, uh, power to the states uh, so for, for Medicare, you know, maybe block grants. or those. Okay. And you take all that information, and you're like, okay, I know now that this group wants A. All right, all right. I know this group wants B. Okay. I know this group wants C. And then you sit down. I mean, you, you, you've been working in Washington for all these years. 
ran for vice president. You're part of the establishment. You're part of the establishment that are so pissed off that a non-establishment, a non-politician, an outsider came in and, 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 and won the presidency relatively easy. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, Trump destroyed Jeb Bush, Ted Cruz, Huckabee, uh, 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 Paul. I mean, he destroyed them. I mean, he literally destroyed them very easily. Paul Ryan and the people that work with Paul Ryan are supposed to have these, these, these scary big brains. This should have been easy. This should have been easy. Now, some people go, oh, well, Paul Ryan did this to make Trump look bad. Why? I, that, 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 that makes no sense. It makes Paul Ryan look bad. Doesn't make doesn't make Trump look bad. It makes Paul Ryan look bad. It makes Paul Ryan look horrible. You're the Speaker of the House. Okay? Go down the list of Speaker of the Houses who've had the power. Again, when you have a president of your party. And look at the Speaker of the Houses who didn't, didn't have a president of their party who were successful. Gingrich, O'Neill. You know, Democrats love to slobnom all over Bill Clinton's presidency, but he would never have had that success if it wasn't for Newt Gingrich. I know Democrats hate Newt Gingrich, but let's face it. Bill Clinton wouldn't have been able to get the things done that he got done without Newt Gingrich. Wouldn't have happened. Absolutely would not have happened. Newt Gingrich wouldn't have been the successful speaker he was if he didn't know how to maneuver. If he didn't know how to go, okay, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? All right, all you guys want this. I know the president isn't going to go for this. He might go for that if we give him this. I mean, I know it was many years ago, but think about this. You actually got Republicans to go along with an assault weapons ban. Look where we are today as it pertains to gun legislation. You actually got Republicans to go along with an assault weapons ban. That's huge. That is huge. Because Newt and the leadership at the time were able to negotiate with Clinton and say, okay, we'll give you this. 
but we want that. That was Newt negotiating with Bill Clinton. All Paul Ryan had to do was negotiate with his own party. And his own party dry. Again, the incompetency of Paul Ryan is staggering. Considering that the real power lies with the Freedom Caucus. The real power lies with the Freedom Caucus. And when you hear people say, oh, Republicans have the majority, Republicans have the majority. No, they don't. They don't have the majority. In theory, if you look at the board, you have D's and R's. And yes, they have the majority when you look at the board as it pertains to D and R's. But the Republicans as a whole are not one. Because without the 30 or 35 Freedom Caucus members, Republicans have nothing. Remember, you need 218 votes. Simple majority. It's like 218. It's 435 voting members. And Republicans need, or Democrats need, 200 Democrats make up 193. And Republicans make up 237. Well, if you take 30 out of the 237, it doesn't matter what the rest of the Republican Party in Congress, or the, the, the House wants. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The 30, 30 have the power. The 30 have the power. And Paul Ryan knows this. Those 30 members are who got rid of Paul, of uh, John Boehner. They effectively threw John Boehner out of office. So Paul Ryan even knew that that was the group that he had to cater to the most. Do that. For anybody who thinks, oh, this was a way to make Trump look bad, it's delusional. Everywhere you look, Every scenario you play out, everything goes back to Paul Ryan and his failure. Everything does. So why would Paul Ryan and his ally want to make himself look so unbelievably bad? Does absolutely nothing for them. Does absolutely, it's, it, no, doesn't make Trump look bad. When Paul Ryan, two, three weeks ago, was saying, I have the votes, I have the votes, I have the votes. 
then you hear people going, no, he don't. And then Paul Ryan goes on talk show after talk show and says, I have the votes. And then Trump today has to call up and pull the bill so Paul Ryan doesn't look even dumber than he already does? How can any of that be the grand plan of Paul Ryan and these globalist Republicans to make Trump look bad? I mean, it really just shows that Paul Ryan is that stupid jerk-off in those pictures, in his workout gear, lifting weights, staring at the camera with that dumb look on his face. Just a dummy. Just a dummy. And if anything, if anything, you can argue that this was more of a plan by the Trump team to give a little payback to Paul Ryan. If anything, the bigger picture and the bigger argument would be Payback is a bitch. And we kind of touched on that a week ago. Remember, Art of the Deal and all the other Trump books. Trump is big on payback. He's big on revenge. He's big on counterpunching. He's big on you do bad to me, I'm going to do bad to you. Tenfold. Well, throughout that campaign, I can't think of any Republican. Forget Democrats, because Democrats are supposed to be bad against Republicans. I can't think of any Republicans that were vicious or at least Inwardly vicious, maybe not as outwardly vicious, but behind the scenes vicious against Trump and have a position of power. So what I mean is Mitt Romney, vicious as hell, but Mitt Romney isn't a senator. He's not a congressman. He's he's a failed presidential candidate. Is a senator with with no teeth. John McCain, senator with no teeth. Paul Ryan was the only, and I mean only. Powerful Republican in a powerful 
influential position who did everything in his power to dump all over Trump. And when Trump won, there was no payback. There wasn't even a jab at Paul Ryan like, hey, buddy. Nothing. It was almost as if Trump said, I'm going to remember that. I'm going to remember that. We're not going to talk about it now. But in due time, I'm going to remember what you did. In due time, I'm going to remember what you did. And at that moment, I'm going to reach out and I'm going to strangle you. I'm going to bury you. I'm going to put you out to pastor. At a ripe old age of 40-something. It's over. So now, all those meetings that Trump had with the Freedom Caucus and with Mark Meadows, and they had a lot. I mean, Trump had more meetings with the Freedom Caucus than Boehner ever did. Paul Ryan ever did. I mean, that's how the whole Freedom Caucus thing started. You had a group of congressmen who were saying to the Republican globalists, the elitists, hey, you don't listen to us. You're abandoning the conservative core values, kind of patting us on the head. And taking our votes for granted. When in fact, without us, if we stuck together, you would have nothing. And they stuck together. And they told Boehner, you're out. So we don't know if the Freedom Caucus said to Trump, no problem, no problem, we'll go along with it, we'll, we'll, we'll give it just enough votes to pass, some of our members will vote no, and we'll give them that cover, and the others will vote yes, and we'll make it happen, Mr. President, and Trump went, no, 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 you know what, time for a little payback. So what I want you guys to do is hold firm and vote no. And they went, are you sure, Mr. President? He went, yeah. 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 It's payback time. And once this happens, start the ball rolling to get Ryan out. And you know what, Mark? How would Speaker of the House sound? 
We don't know if that happened. But that makes a lot more sense than an elaborate plan by Paul Ryan and the globalists to make Donald Trump look bad because he couldn't make a deal and get this replacement repeal through the House. I mean, it's really ludicrous to think this was a work by Ryan and his crew to make Trump look bad versus Trump and his crew to not only make Paul Ryan look bad, but also to let the bill or let Obamacare eventually explode. Let Obamacare eventually become such an arbitrage around Democrats' neck that they will beg Trump to negotiate and maneuver and do some fix-ups. It's ludicrous to think Paul Ryan set this up. Ludicrous. If you ask me, it's exactly what I said two weeks ago. This is Trump and the Trump team, Paul Ryan, payback. Given Paul Ryan the death nail. That's my friend what it is. That is big lead. It's Rob Zakari, it's Rob Zakari show. Yeah, we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back, and I mean quick break, when we come back, let's touch on a couple other things that are going on. We'll be right back. 2015, during a press conference, Secretary Clinton assured us her private email server was secure, saying the server was on private property guarded by the Secret Service. Now, this would be... What's something that you always carry with you? Hot sauce. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Are you getting information right now? (laughs) Hot sauce. Hot sauce in my bag, Swag? Hot sauce. Really? Yes. Now, yes. listen, I just want you to know, people are going to see this and say, okay, she's pandering to black people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is it working? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. not, no, seriously, hot sauce. I've been, I've been eating a lot of hot sauce, a lot of uh, raw peppers and hot sauce. That's why you're coughing. You might need to slow down. I need to, <laughs> yeah, I'm having a rebellion against it. Uh, because I think it keeps my immune system strong. Oh. I really do. I think hot sauce is good for you. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Rob Scary. It's Rob Scary Show. It is a Friday. It is a Friday, the 24th. Yes, it is Friday, the 24th. Had a doctor's appointment this morning. Had a 
baby doctor appointment. The two-month checkup is what they call it. And one of our listeners said, hey, next time you're at one of your doctor appointments, thumb through the magazines that are on the table and see how many Newsweeks that you find. And I got to tell you, I got to tell you, Mr. Uh, Advantage Trump, none. Absolutely none. Today when I was there, not one Newsweek. Not one. Absolutely not one. And I almost wanted to uh, say to the uh, nurse receptionist, hey, you don't have Newsweek. Don't you know that the uh, great Eichenwald is, is the main writer? He, he's, he's the boss of all great things? But I didn't. I didn't. I think she would have looked at me and said, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't care what you're talking about. Uh, sounds like a coup to me. Matter of fact, it sounds like somebody that would open up an email or a tweet uh, that somebody called themselves Jew Goldstein <laughs> or, or Jew Goldberg. Goldberg's one of my friends. Larry Goldberg. See, I give a big shout out to Larry right there. Um, all right, let's uh, try to bang out a couple things here. Interesting story uh, that uh, I've seen. And, and it's interesting because um, you're, you're, you're going to... You're you're going to start seeing things that are uh, that are happening or have been happening um, way before um, Trump has been in office. Way before Trump has been in office. And you're going to see the media start to shift what was Obama's fault to Trump's fault. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing that basically Obama would get 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 12 13, 14, Man, I was saying four years before, but I, I mean, I heard Obama speeches last year, like it is his, his last year in office, still blaming some things on Bush. But remember, the first four years of Obama's presidency, anything bad that happened was Bush's fault. Anything that bad happened, it was, well, you know, that's due part to, you know, the Bush administration. You know, they messed things up so bad, so bad. So Obama got four years of Bush that he could play with, 
And now he's getting four years of anything bad that happened with him pushed off to Trump. So you see the new hashtag about the girls missing in Washington. As if all of a sudden, out of the blue, all these missing kids started happening in the last two weeks, in the last three weeks. And when you look at statistics, in 2014, 2,222 cases of missing kids. 2015, 2,433 kids. And in 2016, 2,242 kids. So from 2014, 2016, in Washington, 6,000 kids have missing. But now, all of a sudden, it's, hey, hey. Hey, there's missing black girls in D.C., and no one cares. What are you talking about? These kids have been going missing for years. Now it's Trump's fault. Because Trump doesn't care about black kids. Trump doesn't care about black people. Uh Uh-uh. There was no children missing during Obama's time. Nope. Nope. No children missing in 2016 in Washington. No children missing in 2050. No children missing. All just started now. Tonya, just like you started to see specials that were going to be done in Chicago. I think Chris Hayes at MSNBC did a special last month. Violence in Chicago. Like, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we got to talk about Chicago. We got to do special reports from Chicago. Man, this is going on last year. It was going on the year before that. It's going on the year before that. The other night, Samantha B, that liberal twat, She did a segment on her show after the attack in Paris. Where she basically said, I'm the president. This is not a laughing matter. There's no joking around. There's no more tweeting. You you said you had a plan. You know, you got to do it. Seems like your only plan is Obama's plan, except on Red Bull. Now, all of a sudden. All of a sudden, terrorism and and these attacks, it's, oh, my God, this is so horrible. Again, you know how many attacks had gone on during the Obama era? You know how many, you cross this red line, that's the, we're not going to talk, oh, you just crossed the red line. 
I'm starting to wait for people to go, we, we can't have North Korea doing these, these test launches. This is unacceptable. I can't believe this is happening. Uh, what is Trump going to do? What? North Korea, they've been doing this for the last eight years. Obama's done nothing. It's just like the whole Russian. Oh, my God, Russia, Russia, they're, they're killers. Oh, my, wait a minute. Russia is who they are today because of Obama. Everyone seems to forget the Democrats and Obama have been in power for eight years. Marching across Europe, the Crimea, everywhere. That's Obama. It's all Obama. Remember when Obama made fun of Mitt Romney during the debate? Mitt Romney's like, man, Russia, that's our biggest threat. And Obama's like, (laughs) what's wrong with you? What's the matter with you? And it's the media mocked him. Mitt Romney, stupid, dumb, ignorant. All of a sudden, here we are, and Russia is, is the biggest threat. They're evil. They're horrible. Ah! What, what, what do you mean? I th- I thought they were just like, oh, it's just a little Russia. It's just a little Vladimir Putin. So you watch all these things that were going on during the Obama era that he, Democrats, liberals, progressives, all ignored or downplayed. What? That's nothing. Oh, that terrorism, uh, terrorists opening fire in a club and, and, and shooting 100-plus people. Ah, it happens. Like the mayor over there, what, in Paris? We say, well, this thing is, hey, come on, this is what happens when you're in a big city. Terrorism. And Trump Jr. kind of busted his stones about it, and everybody attacked Trump Jr. Whoa, how could you? What? Everybody should be attacking that, that, that mayor to basically excuse terrorism as, eh, happens in a big city. What do you want? So watch. I'm telling you, you just watch. Next few months, you're going to keep seeing these stories pop up. And the media is going to be acting as if it just started. You're going to have to dig deep. And once you dig deep, you'll realize, uh, this has been going on. Time out. This has been going on. This is, this is going on for years under Obama and the Democrats. They did nothing about it. And now all of a sudden, it's a Trump thing. telling you mark my words mark my words i'm pretty i'm pretty good on this type of stuff 
Mark my words. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It will happen. All right, let's take a quick break. Just a quick one. Relax. Jesus. Sometimes you guys get all wound up. Get all wound up. But I want to say one thing to the American people. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I never told anybody to lie. Not a single time. Never. These allegations are false. And I need to go back to work for the American people. Thank you. All right, we're back. That was our good friend Bill Clinton talking about not having sexual relations. Well, Monica, we didn't have sexual relations. All right, so interesting. And we'll see what happens. Um, I got to imagine that the Democrats are going to... Uh, I, I got to imagine the Democrats are going to balk at Roger Stone, uh, Manfred, and, uh, or Monfred, uh, how do you say, I say Monfred, but I guess it's Manafort. I say Monfred. I know it's wrong. What do you want from me? I butcher people's names. I got to imagine that the Democrats are going to balk. And I love the fact that the Democrats are just, they're just getting called. All of this stuff is, is, is crashing down on them. It's kind of like when you create that little lie to, to cover up something just dumb or to, to advance uh, your uh, position of uh, you know uh, dominance over something. And then that lie has to get compounded with another lie. Because you forget that in order for that lie to pass, this other thing needs to happen. So you come up with another lie. And then that lie has to, uh, you know, be proven versus another. And, And before you know it, you've told 17 lies and this tiny little thing to do something that amounts to trying plain why you lost an election and, and not wanting to come to grips with your message sucks, your candidate sucks, you didn't go uh, to Ohio or you didn't go to Michigan or you didn't go to Pennsylvania, you didn't go to the states that you should have went to because you took a victory for granted. Uh, you know, all of the things you could, you, you, you're in cahoots with the media, all of the things that Hillary Clinton and the Democrats did. And instead of the Democrats saying, okay, this is what happened. It's well, the, the Russians, they're, they're, they're Trump people that they, they, they're, they're colluded with the Russians. And that way the base, the Democrat base is like, yeah, yeah, it's not us not us so it's that lie it's it's that that little lie that turns into something that you can't control just didn't want to fess up to the truth 
So we got word today that Paul Manafort, Roger Stone, and Carter Page all informed the Oversight Committee, you know, the Adam Schiff, uh, Nunez, um, you know, dog and pony show, that they want to testify. They would prefer to testify in public. I mean, let's face it. When you hear the collusion and and when you hear these words being thrown around, these are the people they're talking about. There's no one else that they are talking about. When the media, the Democrats, the Washington Post, New York Times, all of them. It's Stone, Manafort, and Carter Page. That's who they're referencing. That's who they're trying to say coordinated with the Russians to help Trump win. It's, it's, it's not Hope Hicks. It's not Ivanka Trump. It's not people that have been with the campaign from start to finish. It's people that came in and out, like Roger Stone and Manafort, Carter Page, who was never officially part of the campaign. Remember, Roger Stone was part of the campaign for about a month. And then it was a whole big thing of, did he get fired or did he quit? And remember, he used to go on all the shows, but when he called Anna Navarro a a pig, a fat pig or, or something like that, CNN blacklisted him. And then MSNBC blacklisted him. But remember, Matt Stone goes back to to the to to the W era in the recount. Some say the only reason W won is because Stone made sure the recount didn't happen. Stone was part of the Trump campaign officially for a very short amount of time. And when he got fired or he quit, he still stayed active on Twitter or, you know, uh, uh, podcasts. He did my podcast. You know, he's got books he's trying to push. But that's who the Democrats are trying to say colluded with the Russians. And one of their pieces of evidence is a public tweet 
that Stone had with Guccifer or uh, uh, WikiLeaks. But, I mean, that's what they got. That's it. There's no secret Trump people. Stone, Manafort, and Carter Page. That's what they got. And now, Page, Manafort, and Stone are saying, we'll testify. Ask us all the questions you want. Call us traitors to our country, to our face. Show us the evidence. Show us the proof. Show us the proof. But don't say, oh, here's the proof. Carter Page went to Moscow and did a speech. Don't say, Paul Manafort worked for a Russian oligarch five years ago and was paid $10 million. Because for every one of those, you could easily find a Clintonite who did the exact same thing. Rather, it's John Podesta and his brother who had a lobbying firm that took hundreds of thousands of dollars from the Russians to Bill Clinton getting an award from the president of the same bank, Alfia Bank, that people were saying, oh, they got ties to Trump and to Russia. Now you got Democrats going, oh, no. Uh-oh. Oh, God. Uh-oh. Because the lie that they told, and it was a two-fold lie. It was, it was a... It was a Two reason lie, meaning one, they needed to explain why they lost and they couldn't look at themselves in the mirror and they couldn't tell the rest of the Democrat Party, hey, our our message sucks, we're stale, we have no vision, we deal in race politics, gender politics, so they needed an excuse. And secondly, the whole birther payback thing. I mean, you've seen that poll. X amount of millennials view Trump as an illegitimate president. So it was payback. You guys did this to Obama and a certain amount of people. No matter what the facts say, believe he was born in Kenya and he's a Muslim. So the whole Russian thing was the twofold reason by the Democrats, but now it's blowing up in their face because the three people that they've been going, oh, uh, Trump associates, remember, all of the information that gets leaked and goes back and forth Never really names names. It's associates. Because if they name the names, they would have to name Carter and Stone and Manafort. 
And those three will go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What proof do you have? And they don't have proof. They have a a, a tweet by Roger Stone. They have speaking fees from, 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 uh, you know, Carter Page, Page Carter, whatever the hell's name is. You got Manafort, who was a lobbyist, basically, for other foreign governments, slash a campaign manager for other foreign governments. I mean, basically doing what that TV show, or TV show, that movie, Our Brand is in Crisis, was a flop, horrible movie, seen it. Very disappointing, sad. About American campaign managers who go to a third world country to run the campaign of an elected official or a dictator of the hell it is. And the Democrats are freaking. To have Roger Stone in a room You have the television cameras on, and Adam Schiff has to go, uh, uh, so uh, you collude, and Roger still goes, no, let let me see the proof, and they got no proof, so now the Democrats are going to look horrible, and, and let's not forget, now people do the whole compare and contrast to the Clinton team who wouldn't testify. Remember Brian Pagliano? He took the fifth. And the media ignored that. They they, they pretended like, oh, that's nothing, nothing to see here. Imagine Roger Stone said, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pleading the fifth. Oh, my God. Everybody would be going, that's the proof. That's the smoking gun. He's one of the associates that we have proof and we believe was colluding with the Russians. Now we want to interview him, and he's taking the fifth. There. And case closed. Impeach Trump. But as it pertained to Hillary, Pagliano took the fifth, and the media was like, ah, that's nothing. Paul Kambada, same thing. No, nope. he refused to talk to Congress. The media was like, nope, nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. I mean, all the people that were involved in the Clinton email debacle, everybody either didn't cooperate, partially cooperated, rather it was Huma Abedin and Cheryl Mills, who, test, who who 
testified in closed setting in front of House Select Committee on Benghazi General. I mean, everybody that was involved in the Clinton email debacle had some sketchiness to them. And here you got Manafort, Stone, and Carter going, we got no problems, let's go. Get it going. Get the microphone set up. Let's rock this. Let's rock this. Let's go. And the Democrats are going, And while that happened today, at the very same time, James Comey rolls over to the White House. (laughs) The Democrats are really going, oh, no. Tony, it's, it's like a sitcom. It's like that half hour or hour sitcom where the lie turns into two lies to three lies. And before you know it, there's this huge, huge situation that got started. And it's going to wreck lives. And it, I mean, big consequences. And it was all just because somebody wanted to look cool to a girl in their freshman class or something acidine like that. And that's what's happening with the Democrats. They needed an excuse as to why Hillary Clinton lost the Russians. Remember, the same Russians that Obama said months before the election, there's no hacking, there's, you know what, I told Putin, quit it, stop it, there's nothing going on, nothing to see here, Trump's just talking about rigging and fix, he's just making up this stuff to come up with a way so when he loses, he could save face. Stop whining, you little bitch. That's what he basically told Trump. So this whole thing started because the Democrats couldn't just say, yeah, we lost. We lost. We lost bigly. We have to reorganize our party. There's consequences for losing. You get to have Supreme Court picks. You get to have uh, tax reform. You, you get to have these things. And we'll give it another shot in three years. When the re-election campaign starts. Couldn't do that. And of course, the birther thing. You got to give a little payback for the birther thing. They didn't know that this would blow up. They didn't know that all these leaks would start to get unraveled. 
I mean, you've got people freaking at the Washington Post. You've got people at the New York Times freaking because they know. They know. A hundred percent. Without a shadow of a doubt. That Trump will prosecute whatever reporter was involved in the leaked information. They know. They know. It could be Glenn Trust. It could be Maggie Haberman. But they know that if the Trump team, the Trump administration, can find who leaked classified information to whatever reporter, they're going to go after that reporter and they're going to put him in jail. That's why you see the Washington Post freaking. And then the New York Times freaking. And yeah, <laughs> you, they're losing their crap. They're all losing their crap. Because they know that their little lie is turning into a really big deal. That little lie is now turning into, you know, uh, uh, digging into who unmasked. Who leaked this? Who leaked that? Who got this? They're starting to dig into that. They're starting to see, uh, you know, the, the surveillance of Trump. Stuff that had nothing to do with the Russian investigation. And then you got Stone and Carter Manafort going, we will testify, open hearings, let's go. Comey, parsing his words, well, the, the, nothing was going on as, as in referencing uh, the president's tweet. Remember that. The media leaves that out, of course. Of course. Remember, he kept saying in reference to tweets. Referencing tweets. That's all he said. Nothing else. Referencing the tweets. So all of this stuff is now going to come to a head next week. And the Democrats are freaking. Freaking. And then if you just add uh, the the number two man at the CIA, when he said he uh, saw no evidence of collusion with the Russians, 
and the Trump people. And then you throw in Clapper. And you see, this was a bunch of deep state Democrat white lie that blossomed into some serious stuff. Some serious stuff that is eventually going to lead to uh, people going to jail. <laughs> That's what it's going to lead. It's going to lead to people going to jail. It's going to lead to people going to jail. It's going to lead to people getting in trouble. I guess jail and trouble are the same thing. But I thought that was interesting. Manford, Stone, Carter say bring it on. Comey goes to the White House. Democrats are freaking. All right, it's Rob Scary. It's Rob Scary. She'll be right back after these quick words. Because he cannot be speaker after this. 
Now, we did this in the first segment. I'm not going to repeat it, but obviously the Democrats are freaking. Trump said, you know what? We're just going to let it implode. We're just going to let Obamacare implode. It's the Democrats. It's the Democrats. I said, remember when Trump said it? And it's funny because I was saying it even before Trump. Much like the assault weapons ban that expired, the Clinton era assault weapons ban, Obamacare was set up to give him a win. But it was always meant to be temporary. I mean, it's not a coincidence that Obamacare is imploding. It's not a coincidence. There was a timetable that basically all the insurance companies made with him or his people that basically said, okay, when he's out of office, you guys can start start ditching. Because remember, in the beginning, it behooved the insurance companies to get in bed Because the government was mandating that you buy insurance. Why wouldn't you go along with that? If the federal government is guaranteeing that everybody in the country will buy your product, why wouldn't you go along with whatever the federal government said? So the federal government said, listen, you're going to have to offer in every basic policy, mammograms and and prescriptions and all these things that you don't do, all these things that you put in policies where you give people options because some people care about prescription drugs. Some people only care if they get hit by a bus. Some people only care if they get AIDS. Some people care uh, if uh, they get rectal cancer, whatever it is. But when Obama said you need to put all of these things in your basic policies, but here's the kicker. As the insurance companies looked at him like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, go ahead, black Jesus. What's the kicker? We're going to make it that every American has to buy it. And the insurance companies went, huh, okay, that sounds pretty good, but how long do you think that will last? And he went, two terms, that's all I need, two terms. Insurance companies went, all right, we can give you two terms, but then what? Well, then Hillary's going to be the president, and she'll work with you guys. And keeping everything in place. Yeah, there'll have to be some tweaks. People start bitching and complaining. But, ah, you know what? I'll be gone. I'll be hanging out with Richard Branson. Getting ready to get a divorce. I'll be single. On Marlon Brando's Island. Woo! The insurance company's like, okay. Let's do it. So... They knew, they knew Obamacare 
was going to explode. And that's why the Democrats are freaking out now. That's why Chris Murphy goes, Mr. President, no party owns the health care system, but your party controls all of the government. So it's success or failure is up to you. Going to happen is, as the premiums keep skyrocketing and more and more bad things happen with Obamacare, and people are getting more and more outraged, the fingers are going to be pointed at Democrats. And the Democrats are going to say, hey, hey, the Republicans, look, they tried to fix it and they failed. And then Trump's going to say, no, 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 no. The Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, he tried, he failed, and we got rid of him. Now, the new Speaker hasn't tried yet. Would you guys like me to put together a plan with the new Speaker of the House? And then the American people, yes, please do it. And then Trump goes, okay. That's the ultimate plan, my friends. Trust me, it's going to happen. And the Democrats know it. That's why they're crapping their pants, saying no one owns the health care system. Crapping their pants. All right. So another little uh, tidbit that happened today which, of course, uh, nobody's really reporting on because it's all about the, uh, the Paul Ryan failure. And that's a federal judge in Virginia ruled in Trump's favor on the executive order, which just shows you what we were talking about Last week, as it pertains to these federal judges and the game of politics. And when you hear Democrats going, see, see, look what the Ninth Circuit did. Just shows you Trump's dumb, ignorant. He doesn't know anything about the law. And we go, yeah, but those judges are are liberal activists. No, you can't say that. Judges aren't like that. They're just going by the law. And then, of course, the Hawaii judge, who happened to be Obama's good friend, and Obama happened to be in Hawaii around the same time the judge ruled on the decision, went out to dinner with the judge. There's pictures online of them hanging out. Of course, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, nobody talks about that. Same thing, activist judge. See, that's two for O. Trump is two for O, see? Well, now you have a federal judge in Virginia, Judge Anthony Tranga, the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Virginia, and said that Trump was in his legal rights to impose the travel ban and that it was not discriminatory toward Muslims. There was an injunction that had been brought forward by a Palestinian activist, Linda Sarsour, who was represented by the attorney from the Council on American-Islamic Relations. Trenga, a George W. Bush appointee, wrote in his opinion that the president has 
unqualified authority to bar physical entry to the United States at the border. He said that the executive order makes no mention of religion and has a state secular purpose of protecting the U.S. citizens from terrorist attacks. Now, you're not hearing about this. I get it. Everybody's fixated on health care right now. But this is big. And it just shows you that Trump's not a retard. The travel ban wasn't wrong. It wasn't written bad. It's all about judge shopping. That's all it is. It's like doctor shopping for prescription drugs. All the left did was judge shop. They went to the two districts that they knew would rule in their favor. That's all they did. Ninth Circuit, beyond liberal, to the point where something, I don't know, what do they say, 80% of the decisions they make get overturned. And then the judge in Hawaii, Obama's uh, reach-around pal. So now you got a judge in Virginia appointed by George W. Bush, and he ruled the exact opposite. So now what do you say to that? What do you say to that? Maybe we'll hear CNN and and, and MSNBC Monday or Tuesday, but chances we won't because they're going to keep trying to pin this loss on the health care bill to Trump. But this is huge, guys. I mean, this is huge. This is huge, and it proves the point. If you judge shop, This is what will happen, and the second point, controlling, I want to say controlling judges, but controlling the appointments and picking the judges is almost uh, more important than anything else. We always talk about the Supreme Court. But more than the Supreme Court, it's about these judges. And right now, what's on Trump's plate is putting in place over a hundred federal judges. It just shows you. Imagine Ninth Circuit was conservative. Imagine if the judge in Hawaii was conservative. We'd have a travel ban. If you had more judges like the Virginia judge, we would have a travel ban. That's why it's all about the judges. Remember that. All right, it's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari show. We're going to cut it early tonight. Yeah, I know some of you are going to be upset, but hey, it's Friday night. Okay? Friday night. Got a lot of things to do with my baby and my wife and everybody in between. So 
We'll see you guys Monday. You've been great. Follow us on Twitter, at Rob Zuccari Show. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Spreaker. Uh, go there. I promise you'll love it. We'll see you guys Monday. Make America great again. Good day. Good night. See you.